When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And as promised, the second episode this week that we were teasing, Rogers went on the Pat McAfee show aired his grievances, said what he needed to say, made some, you know, decisions, declarations, proclamations about what his future looks like, um, but nothing official yet. So this episode, I guess, is just talking about all things Aaron Rodgers because we said it was coming. So here it is. It has happened. Well, it hasn't happened, happened, but it's essentially happened. (laughs) It's the most Aaron Rodgers thing ever. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee. He went on a long soliloquy before he finally About said the history of the franchise yes dating back all the way it started in 2020 but fast forward here we are and he says i fully intend to play for the new york jets um there were a lot of tidbits in there a lot of quotes to be taken out um but essentially he has told almost a week now the jets and the packers of his intentions to play for the jets and so it's just all about finalizing the the trade details now yeah and i mean i think one of the things that was so interesting and we've talked about this obviously a lot in the dms privately just you know our own thoughts and perspectives on this but i was pretty adamant all off season that aaron Rodgers was going to retire you were not wrong he was 90% yeah. went into the darkness. And then he changed his mind. So I was close. Thought I was yeah. going to be right that time. but So let's talk about that because I think there's like a lot of conversations right now around did he change his mind because he heard the Packers were ready to move on and it's spiteful or did he – my interpretation of what he said was that he actually in the darkness decided – Actually, I feel like I still have more in me. Yeah. And so I feel like his intention was actually to go back to the Packers. I agree. But then he came out and realized, okay, maybe they're actually really ready for me to move on. I guess uh, my decision now, if I still want to play, is I have to go play somewhere else. Yeah. And I mean, I think the hard part with a lot of this, right, is that you have to take it with a grain of salt because we're getting Aaron Rodgers perspective. 500,000 people tuned in, right? Half a million people tuned into this show to see what Aaron Rodgers is going to say. He gave his perspective of the situation, but we don't know. You know, he said he came out of the darkness and found out from people he trusts, like his friends that are players, his that he was being circle. shopped. So you know, we will never know, I guess, the full side of things until a tell-all novel comes out in the year 2035. But until that point, all we have to go off of right now, right, is what Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show. Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, like, and I, we talked about this pre-show, and I'll, I'll give a shot. I, if anyone out there listens to ESPN Daily as regularly as I do, like, you know that they have great, great episodes, like, on the regular. They had Rob Domofsky on today, obviously a Packers ESPN reporter, 
who had said like, this wasn't just, and look, Rogers, I think actually very much handled himself with like respect and grace as it relates to like discussing his relationship with the franchise. And I have said, and I will say it again, there is no such thing as an amicable divorce. There is always some pieces of this that's going to make either party unhappy, but Rob Domofsky pointed out, he's like, look, the Packers from the franchise perspective haven't really been able to like share their side of things. And they probably will never because it just, they don't need to, it doesn't make sense for them to, but he will say that the Packers felt like in terms of this kind of dignified communication that Rogers was talking about, they did check in with him right up until the darkness retreat. There was occasional check-ins he and they didn't feel like he was really giving them anything. They weren't going to push him for an answer, but they were kind of like, to me, communication is a two-way street. It is a two-way street, right? That was Rob's point on ESPN, which was like, this isn't just the way Rogers feels about communication, but it's also the way the Packers were feeling about the way that he was handling his time. And I get it. Like, I fully get that this could not have been an easy decision. And Roger said that, right? He said, like, in an ideal world, I win a Super Bowl, I ride off into the sunset, I retire a Packer and, like, don't look back. But Mm -hmm. that's just not the situation that we're in. So you're having to decide between completely, like, uprooting your life that you've lived for 18 years, which is literally half of his life, and play for a new team versus looking at your life and deciding if – you even want to play football anymore. And there's so much that goes into that decision. So I don't fault Rogers for taking their time. I also don't fault the Packers franchise for saying, look, bro, we have a business to run here. We have a guy who's been waiting for three years. We've been dealing with this shit for three years with you. Like we respect you, take your time, but also don't fault us for, you know, checking out the market, seeing what all of our options are. Like, I think neither party did anything wrong. It's just unfortunate that both rights didn't align exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, things change too. I I fully believe, and, you know, maybe you disagree with this, but when Aaron Rodgers was asked, you know, at his locker last training camp, you know, does this contract mean that you are retiring a Packer? And he said, yes. Like I felt that I 100% thought that that was going to be the scenario, but you know, things change and his desire to keep playing. And, you know, you can't fault the Packers either for having to figure out what they've got with Jordan love who has been sitting. And I understand, you know, the, the chip on the shoulder of Rogers for, having Jordan Love get drafted, then going out and having two MVP seasons is like a, I'll show you. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate that these things happen. But if you look at the flip side, there are probably at least what, 25, 26 other franchises, if not at least 30 franchises that would switch positions with you. Yeah. I mean, I actually think like of all the ways that this could have gone down in hindsight, it, it went down pretty amicable. Mm-hmm. pretty respectfully so. like as best as it could have got I think it could have gotten a lot uglier a lot uglier and do like you, what I was just gonna say do you think there's potential for it to get ugly now that Rogers has come on and said I want to be a jet no because I think the intent is still there like the intent yeah, I think the Packers want to do right by him 
I think the Packers want to do right by him. They always have. I think they want to get fair compensation. But there's been a lot of like rumblings about, oh, well, like the Packers have no incentive to move him now. And now they can like dig their heels in and ask for I don't think that they're that's their intention or has it ever been like, you know, like I saw actually Matt Schneidman this morning say like just refuting again these claims like the Packers are not sitting around asking for like two first round picks like this is going to be. Nobody wants this to drag on. It's distracting, one. And two, like, the franchises both have other things they need to get done, right, on both sides. So I think they're nailing out the nitty-gritty. I'm sure Rodgers' contract is just making this difficult. I, I like, yeah. I think that's probably what it is. Maybe they're trying to decide if they want to include players in compensation. Like, I have no idea. But I think, actually, Rodgers did the Packers a favor by laying this out there, you know, you brought up the L word before we started recording and it's been the thing going around Twitter, which is like, who has the leverage here and the Packers fully do. Um, and Rogers gave that to them. He did. And he is a smart dude. You know what I mean? He knows what he's doing with every move that he makes. So he had to know that's what it would look like. I actually appreciate him coming on and saying, look, there's all this stuff swirling around. I'm seeing it. Let me give you my side and let the front offices do what they got to do. Like I'm going to, but I'm going to be a jet next year. Um, And I I think there's something powerful about that too. And he's always been somebody that's wanted to control his own narrative and you have to respect that. It's like people being mad that Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. You know, if these guys want to be in control of their own situation, you can't fault them for that. And, I think it was important for him to come on the show and say, look, my decision has been made since last Friday. This is not me. This is not an Aaron Rodgers. You know, people throw around the word like diva a lot. Like this is not an Aaron Rodgers diva moment. This was him saying, no, you know, I figured out what I need to do here. And it's like, you know, you said, I'm glad you brought up, you know, his contract because the Packers, we can talk about it. You mentioned Nina Kime saying the Packers did right by him by giving him that massive contract that they gave him. But that also yeah. now makes it really tricky to kind yeah. of figure out what that's going to look like, whoever takes on that cap. I just don't see how either team can drag this out. And, you know, we can talk about this too. But with that kind of money floating around, you're inhibited by, you know, free agents. You don't know what any of your cap situation is going to look like. So there's no, the Packers aren't sitting there like, oh, yes. Let's keep this thing dragging. They need to know Jordan loves our guy. Now we need to build around him. Let's get these numbers off the books. I think the one thing though, uh, yes, I think the dead money is the dead money. Mm -hmm. So of all of the figures here, the Packers have a better like understanding. Like this sucks most for the Jets. Mm -hmm. Rogers knows it'll happen when it happens. He'll report to whatever camp he reports to. He's got time. Packers also got time. The Jets don't. Right. They are the ones hamstringed by this. But I also think that that's going to mean that they're going to want to get this done as quickly as possible. You mentioned Mina again. Going to just shout out Mina. Amazing podcast. Patrick Claiborne on. Friend of the show, Mina Kimes. Friend of the show, Mina Kimes. Um, <laughs> always has just really like nice kind of like even keel perspective on all of this. So highly suggest you go listen to her words. But I think... My biggest takeaway, I didn't listen to the whole thing because I was at work. I waited until he announced his decision and then I kind of followed along on the rest of it. Um, so if you watch the whole thing, I, I got them the main snippets. Um, I just felt very like it was the first time I got emotional in this process because, look, the writing on has been on the wall for this for a while. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. 
it became clear over the last few weeks he probably still wants to play and the Jets feel like the destination, even when it was maybe the Raiders, maybe the Panthers, maybe this, maybe that. And then now it's clear, right? None of this was like a surprise. I think it would have been more surprising if anything, if he was like, I'm going to retire or I want to return back to Packers. But this was like the least surprising outcome, but it still was like quite shocking to actually hear it, you know, because it's speculation until he says it. And you and I have said for a while, right? Like we're not going to, be part of the speculation and then you kind of get dragged into it because there's nothing else to talk about (laughs) and like the writing was on the wall but then you hear like like I just said you know like this man has been in the same place for 18 years half of his life he's now literally like moving his home Mm -hmm. to a new city to a new place he's never lived before welcome Aaron New York's the best and like it, it almost felt like he was one of us yep. explaining like how emotional and how difficult this decision was and how much he loves Green Bay, like to hear him like call out like local businesses, how much he loves the fans, how much he loves the franchise. Like it was just all love, which is a very Aaron, like Aaron at the end of the day is a hippie, right? Like Aaron <laughs> is like full blown and like you can make comments about, you know, his viewpoints on certain things, but like, in my opinion, Aaron is a hippie. So it didn't surprise me that he was like all love about this and also just made it a lot easier to hear this news as a fan. It could have been scorched earth. It could have been spiteful, right? It could have been the press conference airing of grievances where he came back and you're like, does he even really want to be here? He seems (laughs) mad, you know? And, and it was not that it was, I'm so grateful for my time. I love this place with all my heart. I wish it hadn't been like this, but I'm still ready to play at a high level. It just kind of is what it is. And I mean, I think, you know, he had talked for most of his career about not wanting things to end the way that they did with Favre because he knew what that felt like as a fan. He knew, you know, he wasn't going to put Jordan Love through that. He's always from day one. I mean, we were at training camp. He's it seemed from, you know, the, the observing eye that he had a great relationship with Jordan. He was never going to like not help him. He always was in his yeah. corner giving him tips. So I think kind of like this, this farewell McAfee was a farewell to me. It was him coming on the show and taking 45 minutes of uninterrupted time to thank green Bay, to thank the yeah. fans yeah. and to, to acknowledge how special it was because, you know, it's like you said, it could have been scorched earth. The Favre thing felt ugly, Right. Yeah. And I think Rogers knew enough to say that whatever I do, wherever I go, this cannot be ugly. So for him to thank everyone and say, look, I, I just don't want to be done playing, but I understand the business side of things. Like he said, yeah. Jordan has to play. They have to know who he is and what they have in him. And I, it made me respect him more for doing that. And it, it kind of made it sting a little more, right? Because you're like, Oh, if he had been spiteful and vengeful, it's really easy to just turn be that mad. page. Yeah. But now you're just sentimental, which I appreciate. Yeah, I I agree. I I think his I'm glad you brought up his comments about Jordan because I think they were huge. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like he has he has handled this backup situation completely differently because he was on the receiving end of a much different situation has always said that he did not want to be that way. And you can believe him or not, we've seen it. Right? Like mm-hmm. we've physically been in person and seen the way that he interacts with not just love, but Kurt Banker the last few seasons. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. <laughs> like he loves his QB room and he has been a, a 
very, very like strong advocate for the two of them. We watched in training camp as he taught them the footwork drills. Like this is not like hyperbole here that he just like, oh, like he's he's a you know, he loves Jordan Love. He just says it in front of the media. No, like we have watched him be a coach and a mentor in person. So for him to come out and say like, I love Jordan. He's going to have a great career. He's a great kid. Like it, you believe it. Like when, when he says that, um, I, I do wonder, I just, I think he actually really does care about the franchise and about his legacy. Yeah. And I think that he must feel, I wonder, this is more of a question. I do wonder if he feels like, okay, now I'm handing the reins over, right? This is like mm-hmm. taking, it's like when the the queen steps down and they coronate a new, you know, <laughs> like monarch. It's like, it's like, is this, is that what this feels like? You know, cause that's what Green Bay has been. Now is Jordan Love the next great coming of, quarterbackers I, I don't know but like it in Green Bay there is a little bit it just feels a little bit more serious the passing of the torch because it doesn't get passed that often so I do wonder if that has mattered to him or if he's taken that I'm sure he has if what we know about Aaron Rodgers like I'm sure he takes that very seriously yeah it's 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 tough to talk about, honestly, because, you know, I think Andy Herman said it really well on Twitter. He said something like it's like when you've read the same book and you're ninety nine point nine percent sure that the next book you read is going to be worse, but you're just ready to read something new. Like you're reading the best novel of your life. And the last 30 years have been like this amazing novel that the Packers have written and they've had Hall of Fame quarterback play. And every season you've woken up and said like they have a shot you know like it's been fun to have that anticipation every season and there's no guarantee that that's going to happen we have no idea you know the likelihood of that happening of of I'm literally looking as we recorded this picture of Barstar Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers the likelihood that we're going to get like a Jordan Love stuck up in there is very slim but to to be Packers fans and turn the page and not knowing what the future is like I think there's something intriguing about it almost excited about it and i think i do think like the excitement of moving on has been aided better in the way rogers is handling yes transition Mm -hmm. for sure i agree okay so that happened it was 45 (laughs) minutes there were lots of quotes in there one i do want to ask you about because when i heard it i was like oh um that he's arguably the greatest player in franchise history like it's really interesting hearing someone say that about themselves because it can come off as like quite arrogant but at the same time like he's right (laughs) so i'm like yeah bro i mean like you said the quiet part out loud i guess um he is right he is one of oh yeah He, uh, it's funny that you bring that up because, you know, Mark was asking me as we were driving home, like, are you excited to talk about all this with Perry? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm always excited. And he was like, what are you going to talk about with the Rogers stuff? And I was like, I just, I need other people's perspectives on this quote, right? Because it was really polarizing. You can argue, yes, he's, he has to be in your top five. Like, you know, whatever you feel about Aaron Rodgers as a person, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers has to be in your top five list all five, like all time as far as a talent perspective. So for him to say that, I, it's hard He's to disagree wrong. with him. Yeah, like, but it's like, 
it's like you said, you said the quiet part out loud, dude. Like, but when you're looking at, I, I don't want to use the word leverage, but I think it was his way of saying like, I'm ready to pass the torch. And I don't think he was trying to put like any pressure on Jordan love, but it was like, this chapter is ending. This era is ending, but I want to make sure everybody knows as I'm off to New York that I was one of the best to ever do it. I mean, as if anyone could forget that. Right. But I, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, I think I know, he wants but it his... is, I mean, it, I can see how he would be like, look, the franchise has decided they want to, to move get rid on of the best player from ever. me. <laughs> right. And, but like, I get that, right? Like, I do see how there are probably so many mixed emotions within this entire situation. And just, I mean, bittersweet is probably the only way to like, accurately describe it it's just like just remember just remember um Um, i I do want to ask you this though too because you know he made the comment about being one of the best to ever do it and i agree i thought it was kind of telling the way that he talked about the front office and he said like he acknowledges packers players know that the franchise historically will move on from you a year too early as opposed to a year too late. Like they've done it with Mm -hmm. a number of players like that have gone on to have really good seasons. And, you know, I think it's fair for him to say like, he wants to be in that conversation to go prove like I can have an MVP all pro kind of season, not in green and gold. And, you know, the, the Packers own that and they'll acknowledge that that's something that they do as a franchise. But do you think that, does anything or says anything about the front office like do you think it affects the mindset of players like maybe Aaron Jones that have these expectations of maybe staying in green and gold and don't know if that's attainable for them or do you think it's just kind of like a case-by-case thing that we just have a lot of examples to to cherry pick I think these players have a better understanding of the way this business works than like fans do I think fans get like very sentimental and I'm sure players do too but this is like their job you know what I mean? So I don't know if there's like too many hard feelings when it comes to stuff like this, unless you're, I mean, in a sp- very specific situation. I-, I think players have a much like deeper understanding. Like I could get cut at any time. Like I know this is a cutthroat business. I know that this is a results-based business. I know that this is an ageist business. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's necessarily as, I mean, Rogers has also illuminated this issue, quote unquote issue a lot in the last few years. Cause he feels like players like maybe deserve a little bit more as they're aging and going out of the franchise. And he hasn't necessarily agreed with the way the franchise has handled some of those players. And I think this is like a great debate topic because on the one hand it's a business, but it is a human business and humans have feelings um, and these humans put their bodies on the line for this business. So I don't know if there's like a wrong or right answer here. That was well said. I think I, I don't really know where to take it from here. Honestly. I mean, like we, we don't know what the compensation is going to look like. We, this deal is not done. Obviously that's why we're talking no. more with our hearts, I guess at this point than then any figuring out any uh, trade compensation, but I just hope it's, fair compensation i like i wouldn't be surprised anymore if it's not a first round pick like agreed i do get that but at the same time i'm like man you're not gonna give a first round pick for aaron freaking rogers right that's weird 
Yeah, and I mean, I think the hard part, right, is just the the unknown of how long he wants to play. Rogers could yeah, say, like, course. you know, I'm going to play a year. He could say, I want to play two to three years. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it's fair, though, right? Like, he was saying this because he got out of the darkness retreat, and he was like, I need to start working out, and I need to see how my body feels. And, like, the dude's turning 40. I get why this is, like, a year-by-year basis for him. Like, Tom Brady was the same way at the end of his career, like, you never know all of a sudden like the f- switch can flip and like your body just simply cannot do what it used to do anymore. That's normally when, when you're a normal human and you turn 30. I'm experiencing that right now. I'm about to turn 30. <laughs> my body's falling apart. Um, I wake up every day and things crack. But uh, no, I mean, exactly. You're right. You know, you have to kind of play it, play it by ear in those situations. So I guess I guess we'll see what happens. But I think at the end of the day, I left feeling very sentimental about the whole thing. I didn't. And I think, you know, the thing is, too, I don't know how fans felt about this. It's hard to take anything out of like Twitter is always going to be polarizing people like Facebook, social media, whatever on every issue, not just football. But I, I will say I left the Pat McAfee show feeling sentimental, bittersweet, excited for Jordan Love, you know, content for rogers sad to see that chapter ending like it was it was all of the emotions yeah. i think excited for rogers to get to go play somewhere it is all the emotions it just feels it feels right i think it's unfortunate that like you know we couldn't win another ring in the matt lafleur era like everyone felt like we could and he couldn't ride off into the sunset into this like ideal perfect world but this does feel this does feel like right in a way and it's almost been easier because we've been able to like mentally prepare for the last few months for this to happen I do want to pivot to Jordan and like this is his this is his team now this is his franchise he's been waiting three years to take over and now it's going to be all about (laughs) what Jordan Love can do um I'm really excited. I think he's shown so many flashes, but like he is still a bit of an unknown for me. I'm a little bit of a franchise truster where I'm like, look, if the Packers are feel like they're ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers because they have the guy that they want for their future in the house, there's has to be something there. Like they're just, there has to be and franchise get it wrong all the time. But I did talk about, yeah, I mean, I just think, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yes. But the Packers seem to do this fairly well. Yeah. Um, and Brian Gutekunst was in-house when they drafted Rodgers in 2005. Um, so he's seen this transition before. I talked about this with Andy on Pack-A-Day, and I want to reiterate it here because I want your thoughts on it. But I think every GM has a kind of, like, defining decision right? Ted's was Rogers. Um, even, you know, Ron Wolf was, was trading with the Falcons for Varv. This is Brian's like, this is, this is Goot's defining decision. And he has, he made it in 2020 and no one has any idea like what it's going to mean. And not that I think GMs, and I'm not saying this cause like, oh, it's Brian Gutekunst's legacy. Like, that's yeah. not... But you know what I mean? Like, there, this is, like, a defining moment. This is a, will I keep my job and move this 
storied franchise forward for the next 10 to 15 years or have I made a horrible decision and will I lose my job right like this is like a huge kind of like crater now we actually finally get to see it it's just been this like build up build up build up build up who knows who knows who knows every off-season questions and now we actually get to see like this major decision that Brad Kudigan's made in 2020 like come to fruition. And I think that's really exciting, especially from like an anticipation perspective, because it's just been kind of like in the periphery, right? Everybody knows at some point, are they going to do this at some point? Are they going to trade them away? Like what, what does this look like? Um, And they stuck to their guns for three years. Right. So for me, I'm like, maybe this is Brian saying, I'm not admitting that I made a mistake, but I just don't think that's how the Packers work. I think they would admit their mistakes and they would get rid of guys. So yeah, I'm ready for it. Goot decided Jordan is his legacy pick, right? Like, Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that if he was wanting to admit his mistake, we would have seen a trade and he would have tried yeah. to get some compensation to make up for, you know, this perceived mistake. And I think, you know, the quarterback thing, we talked about, like you mentioned, you know, Ron Wolf with Favre and the quarterback pick is always like, you know, it kind of feels like it makes or breaks GMs. Like Ted Thompson didn't hit on everything. You know, Dayton Jones was not the best first round Mm -hmm. pick that he made, but Aaron Rodgers was always like the band-aid. like regardless of what happened, Ted Thompson, you know, his team that he constructed won a ring. So, you know, you can argue like, you know, Jair Alexander, Rashawn Gary, Goody has made some really nice first round picks, but I think it always feels contingent on the quarterback. And uh, we we talked about it, you know, the night that Jordan Love got drafted, the best time to draft a quarterback is when you don't need one, because then you're sitting as a team like the Jets in need of something at quarterback with I hate, I hate using this word, no leverage in a situation. You're <laughs> not really drafting high enough to be in contention for maybe some of these quarterbacks. The Packers having, you know, who a guy that they think is their guy going all the way down to 26, knowing that he was going to get to sit for a couple of years behind one of the greatest to ever play the game. Like that's that's a perfect scenario. And that's what Ted Thompson banked on. And it's like you said, that's what Brian Gutekunst now is banking on. So, yeah, I think I think it's it's really exciting. And I guess I just hope that, you know, whatever happens with the trade, whatever the compensation is, that they just get Jordan some guys around him because he's going to need a lot of help in his first year. Yeah. I mean, he seems like he has been preparing, right. And I think all we have to go off of is some social media posts and some things that his, his teammates say about him and we'll all get to make our own judgments, you know, over the course of the next, hopefully two, it's at least, I think in my mind, minimum two seasons. So it's just like this, boy he's a boy he's 23 has the weight of like an entire franchise on his show he just has like such big shoes to fill um and i i don't want him to feel like weighed down by it but i have heard that he has like a very even keel very like good head on his shoulders right and i mentioned the the episode this morning with rob domofsky and i'm gonna bring it up here again because of course, as the conversation from Rogers starts to come to a close, like our podcast is, right, it turns to Jordan. And Rob has, of course, been the one kind of in and around all of this as closely as anybody. And 
he was talking a little bit about just like the way that Jordan carries himself from like leadership perspective. And I don't particularly love these judgments. Like, I think this is, this goes back to like a conversation the league has around Justin Herbert, right? There are multiple ways that you can be a leader. And so I don't think someone being a little bit quieter is necessarily like an anti leadership quality, but at the same time, we have never seen Jordan as QB one. And so we're going to get to see what kind of leader he is, the way he carries himself, the way that he can rally the troops, the way he commands a huddle. I think from all the things we've heard, he has a full respect of everyone in that locker room, the way he's handled himself across like all this Aaron Rodgers shit that he didn't even ask for, right? He got drafted into this. Like he did not ask for this, I think says volumes about who he is as a person. But the reason I bring this up is because with these shoes to fill, if anyone who has followed Jordan or listened or knows anything about his life, right? Like, you know, that he lost his father at a very young age. And he has always said across any questions that he gets about this, like, I've already gone through the worst thing I've ever had to go through in my life. And like, nothing will ever compare to that. And I, I got through that. So I'm going to be hand, be able to handle anything that gets thrown my way. And I bring that up simply because I just think like he always comes at this with such a positive mindset. And I think he clearly backs himself, right? And knows like I can get through anything I can get through and I have my support system and I have my family, et cetera. So when people bring up leadership style and people bring up like these big shoes to fill, et cetera, et cetera, I'm like, well, I just go back to that quote from him knowing like, he knows that he can get through anything that life throws at him, including this moment. And I think once we're in week two of next season, it's just going to be Packers football. And that's going to be what it is. It's just going to be week one's going to be weird. And then it'll be Packers football. And it's just 10 instead of 12. I, I will say, I think um, I agree. I love that quote. You know, it's, it's just such a powerful perspective on things. Um, I'm hoping, I guess, in a lot of this that we see maybe some more vocal, outspoken leadership from Matt LaFleur. Because I keep mm. thinking about what it would be like when you're Jordan Love. And I'm not saying guys like David Bakhtiari are going to treat him with any disrespect. I don't think that's the case. I think these these players will rally around him. But I feel like, you know, if Randall Cobb had come back or Mercedes Lewis, any vet in the room that was like close to 12 there's got to feel like, you know, maybe there's a little bit of tend like a timidness there with Jordan where it's like, you know, these were all of the, I don't want to say like the old heads, but you know, you, like you've got mm-hmm. this, this old group and now you're trying to infuse like this new energy with all these guys that are older than you. They've been around, they've done that. So I hope that, you know, I think Jordan Love is capable of leading this team. And I think there's a lot of young leaders that will help him do that. Like Aaron Jones, you know, has spoken so highly of him. Aaron's a great locker room leader. I think he'll be one of those guys. You could see like Jair being that kind of voice. I think Jordan Love will have a ton of support. But I do think that this is Matt LaFleur's kind of moment to like really take the reins of the football team. And I don't want to say that it was always an Aaron Rodgers led team, but it, it was. Like Matt was right. It, Matt was kind of passive sometimes, right? So I'm, I'm ready to see him say like, I got my young guy. I got to have his back and we'll do this together because well, how could it's a lot not, of Jordan. I agree with you. And I just think like, how could it not have been Rogers's team? Like, right. Exactly. You bring in, you know, it was different when it's McCarthy, right? It's like, they've been together since, and this is going to be the way it is with Matt and Jordan. Like you've been together since you got drafted, you've watched the kid grow up. Then you bring in 
a young coach who's a, virtually the same age as your Hall of Fame quarterback, it's just going to be a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's going to be somewhat deferential because he deserves that because Rogers kind of deserved that relationship. Now, did it, I think, impact their ability to ultimately get over the hump and win? M- maybe, right? It's possible, argue, that, yeah. right? You could argue that Rogers making decisions and being a little bit GME and being, you know, checks at the line, like all those things that we've talked about for, for ad nauseum for quite a while. We'll never know, right? Like we'll just, we'll just never know. You can't go back and it's not a video game and and try to do it all over again and do it a little bit differently and then compare. But I agree with you completely that like, as much as this is, you know, GM Brian Gutekunst kind of like defining legacy moment. It's also Matt LaFleur's because we didn't think that he's a fantastic head coach and we've seen what he was able to do with Aaron Rodgers and even Aaron Rodgers in his MVP speech is like, I don't win these without you, Matt, but nobody will really know what kind of coach Matt LaFleur is until he is not coaching Aaron Rodgers. So this is just like the layers of this decision, like the layers of this move are so deep because it, it impacts everybody from front office to coaching staff to players. Yeah. I mean, you literally think about even like the number of snaps guys are taking. And I, you know, that's kind of hyperbolic in a sense, but it's like Aaron Rodgers was a pass heavy quarterback. That was how he played. And now you're thinking about like, Hey, maybe Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are going to run the ball a little more than they used to. Like, I don't know. Affects Maggie. I just got breaking news. Okay. Bears are signing former Packers tight end Robert Tunyon to a one-year deal. Ugh. <laughs> so That's... annoying. I hate that so much. Ugh. Why? Why is it always in the division? All right. So, because you dropped that, and we can continue the Jordan Love talk if you want, but, you know, we're getting... I'm sorry. <laughs> No, it but just I just came up. But on on that note, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I guess congrats to Robert Tunyon. We'll see what the contract looks like. But you are the schedule maker for the NFL, and it is Jordan Love's first game at Lambeau Field as the starter of the Green Bay Packers. Who do you have them playing, and why? Because I say it's the Bears. <laughs> like I, you saying that was my segue. Like I, I think it's the Bears. Um, I could see that for a lot of reasons, but yeah, I mean, division games make sense. Two young franchise QBs, longstanding history. Yeah, that feels right. And like I, I know Bears fans are so sick of these like primetime games at Lambeau Field because it's just it might not be primetime. It might be a one p.m. game. Sorry, noon twelve game. noon central time game. <laughs> but yeah, I think that this. I mean, and we've talked about it. Like maybe that makes us weird Packer fans for wanting Justin Fields to be decent, you know. But I think I think the if this pans out right, we we're putting we're projecting a lot onto Jordan Love, and we don't mean to do that, but you're expecting him to be the face of the franchise for at least a handful of seasons because the Packers haven't known anything else for 30 plus years. But if this is a healthy rivalry between Justin Fields and Jordan Love, I think, I think we'd be about it. 
Yeah. Oh, now I'm going to think about this. <laughs> um, all right. Any any parting thoughts on we've covered a range of topics, but. I think I'll save my beautiful soliloquy to Aaron Rodgers when the news is finalized and he's a jet. But I, I think that just, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit on Monday. Like it's the end of a chapter. It's bittersweet. It's exciting. We don't know what's going to happen next, but whatever does happen next isn't going to like take away the last, you know, 18 seasons that we've had with one of the best to ever do it. So I just feel very fortunate. I'm excited to see him. I will say that, you know, I thought what he said about Nathaniel Hackett was fantastic on the Pat McAfee show. Like say what you want about Aaron Rodgers, He will always defend his guys. And mm-hmm. I thought that was, you know, a really nice moment. So Excited to see what he does. I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers could be the guy that puts that Jets offense over the edge. We'll see. You know, it's not going to hurt to root for a team in the AFC, but I don't know. I'll I'll save my Rodgers thoughts until it's official, I guess. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts, too, obviously. I think this saga is finally ending, and it's just good for everyone that it is. Yeah, it's kind of like like we've been pulling at the Band-Aid for a little bit. And now you like rip it and it stings, but it's better for it to sting and be over um, than for us to just keep kind of like peeling at it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back. You know, we'll have an episode whenever the news drops. Maybe that'll be, I don't know, maybe that'll be next week. Maybe we'll have one episode. Maybe we'll have multiple. Maybe the Packers will actually start signing free agents that aren't long snappers. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I, (laughs) I doubt it at this point, but... We will see what happens. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. You can find the Packs What She Said podcast everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. We'll eventually segue into free agency and draft content, but right now we've been a little wrapped up in what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's a little distracted. Oh, my God. The draft is like a month away. Yeah, we should probably start talking about that on the show, which we will. But, you know, got to wait and see what happens with Aaron Rodgers first so we know how many picks we're talking about. But thank you, as always, for listening to the show. And go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.